Hello, everybody out there in Radio Land. This episode of Eddie Green's 101, or as I like to call it, simply 101. That's very, I don't know, it has a very self-congratulatory kind of pat on the back, jerk off, like I'm jerking myself off kind of thing. Eddie Green's 101. Oh, Eddie Green's 101. Oh, oh God, Eddie Green. Oh, wait, shit, I'm Eddie Green. Uh, 101, this episode of 101 is brought to you by, and bam, just like that, it's done, it's over with. The ad is history. Go check out that ad, go check out that sponsor. Definitely check out the ad. I need to get paid somehow just by listening to it. You help me get paid, believe it or not. So if you didn't listen to it, go back, play it, put it on mute if you don't want to hear my voice. But if you don't want to hear my voice, why are you listening to my podcast? Anyways, this episode, this guest, I am incredibly excited for you to hear. His name is Ami Prasad. Him and I have known each other for a little while now. He's been on a couple episodes of uh, my previous podcast, Terminator 101. I think it was a couple. Um, And uh, I love this guy. I love this guy so much. He's a very talented person. He is a uh, up-and-coming actor. He's taking a little break right now to kind of reassemble his life, but uh, definitely loves acting and... uh, we talk a little bit about Terminator, actually a lot about Terminator, um, which I'm perfectly fine with, even though I've moved on from Terminator 101. Every once in a while, it's always nice to go back, revisit your roots. So I do that with Ami. And then, of course, we go off and talk about anything and everything, like every episode of 101, of Eddie Green's 101. Oh, God, Eddie Green. Um, so, yeah, enjoy this episode with Ami Prasad. Ami Prasad, what's, <laughs> what's going on, brother? Oh man, a little bit of a late start, but uh, it's all right. Sorry, right. technology. Oh, guys, yeah, I'm. Uh, I can hear you better now. Perfect, sweet dude. How the hell have you been? Oh, uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been kind of crazy and kind of uh, a little bit, you know, just chaotic. And I've been trying to just stabilize in, in my life down here. So, yeah, because last time we talked, we did the what the salvation commentary. Yes, we did Salvation, and that was, uh, you know, I was actually, like, I'm, I'm in my car right now outside of my apartment. I was going to just sit in my apartment and have Terminator 3 on in the background, because it'll be the closest you and I ever get to doing an audio commentary for that jam of a movie. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but the last time we, we talked was the, the uh, Salvation, which, to this, to this day, I, I don't hate. I don't hate that movie. Fun fact, know. everybody, he does not hate that movie. I don't hate that movie. And it's like, like Star Wars, or, you know, the, the prequel trilogy, it, you know, it, that movie, that trilogy got just completely shit on. But the last one, Revenge of the Sith, I didn't hate it. It's the same thing. I didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, and oh, so for, for all the listeners out there that are all caught up and, and listen to the, the last audio commentary we did for Salvation, I said a lot of things about what I thought Dark Fate was going to be. I want to take this opportunity to apologize to the public. 
games I made. I, I, I had lots of hopes and ambitions for it, and um, it kind of fell flat, so I am sorry. <laughs> yeah, dude, that is crazy to think that the last time we talked, Dark Fate was not even out in the public. Like, it was still under wraps at Skydance, and there was this big hope of Terminator fans going, all right, maybe the franchise is back on track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, we'll see. So this, uh, uh, us talking right now, I know that you've kind of branched out, so you don't necessarily need to, like, you don't like necessarily require us to strictly talk about you know, Terminator or camera and stuff, but I'm like, it's you and me, so it's going to dive right into that. We'll probably stay there for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you're not a fan of it either, correct? Yeah, I, um, I, what was it? I saw your reaction before I went and saw it, but... I saw your reaction, and I'm like, Ugh. and then I went and saw it. I'm like, oh my god, like, this is <sighs> all right. And it's and it, and it was this weird feeling of like, we can we can probably put this franchise to, to rest now. We don't have to we don't have to keep doing this. Uh, but yeah, I saw your reaction, and uh, you you went and saw it with a friend. And I think you posted uh, you posted online. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's probably is probably how I'm going to feel. Then if that's the case, <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, I picked up. Ironically, I picked up the Blu-ray or the 4K, uh, only no because, yeah, only because uh, two reasons. I because I made a little post about it. I was like, one, uh, I have to do a commentary for it just to round out the series because I'll feel you know incomplete if I don't. Right. And uh, the second reason is because this is, this is probably the last time we're ever going to see. Arnold and Linda on the same screen at the same time. So I just added it to the collection. I don't, uh, it's what's really funny is I actually have like a separate section. So I have a Cameron section at my, at my house where all my Cameron movies are. And then, uh, I have like a separate section of just movies in general. And I have Terminator dark fate in those just random movies. <laughs> you don't even have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so, okay. So Arnie and, and Linda, you know, this might be the, you know, you, might be absolutely right this might be the last time they're ever in a movie together unless you me and gershom put together one hell of a pitch packet for for jim cameron and 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 uh you know david ellison and all those guys up want one final crack at it like i think we can do right by the by the franchise uh and i and i was racking my brain about what else could be told i feel like in the in a third part of a story um especially this saga if you just kind of here we go. So, like, uh, minutes of Dark Fate pissed off a lot of fans, myself included. It, it immediately put me into a sour mood, just going into the rest of the movie. And I felt it was weird to to remove to do what they did in the beginning, I'm trying to keep it spoiler free here. Uh, do what they did in the beginning, and just to tell the same story. And, you know, it was just kind of interesting to do that. So I feel like if we, there was a third movie. A true third movie. Uh, I think Gershom was right. You know, you, we need to see that future war. We need to see, uh, we need to see John Connor triumph over Skynet, and then and then find the time displacement equipment, and then and all that. We need to see that. Yeah. Oh man, I just I was watching. What was I watching? I was watching because because I'd like to give proper credit. Um, I think it's I think it's on YouTube. It's called Kind of Funny. I think is the channel and. Uh, they were doing like a like a like a lead up to Dark Fate, so they only reviewed one and two because you know they kind of justified why they did that and made sense. Makes, makes and sense. Uh, 
when they got to Dark Fate after it had come out, um, one of the guys, he was like, he said something that, I mean, I knew in the back of my mind, I felt the same way, but I hadn't heard it said yet. And then he said it and I was like, yeah, you know, it's, this is a hundred percent true. It's like, it, it, it was, it was essentially what Terminator three was to a degree, which, you know, Terminator three is a, almost a beat for beat of Terminator two. Yeah. And yeah. you get the dark fate and there's a couple things added to it. There's a couple things changed up. There's a couple twists, but at the end of the day, it's essentially the same exact thing. We're just going in a circle. And, uh, when he said that, I was like, yeah, man, like I, I, I knew I believed that the franchise was dead after I saw Dark Fate, but hearing it from another guy that I had never met before, it just drove it home of like, let us do this. Here's a crazy idea, right? Let's do this. Let's not touch Terminator for 20, 30 years, and let's see what happens in those 20, 30 years, and then make a fresh new Terminator film that is, uh, you know, so much more um uh, advanced like like because 20 30 years from now we're going to be looking back on stuff like dark fate and everything and i think we're going to be thinking it didn't do anything like, like it didn't, yeah further the the story uh it didn't it didn't further the story it didn't do anything new to invigorate it it just the 80s and the 90s came and went and the 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 Hollywood industry probably should have just left it alone and then waited until now and then rebooted it because 20, 30 years from now, the world's going to be completely different and you can tell a totally different kind of story and still call it Terminator. And I think that's what needs to happen. I think we just need to lay off Terminator. And thankfully, it seems like that's what's going on because Skydance has zero interest in, <laughs> right. in, 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 in pursuing these things because... Well, the box office returns were a little uh, left something to be desired. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, we're talking about waiting 20 and 30 years. I mean, like, so first and foremost, you need to have James Cameron. You need to have that because that's what made the first two movies so great was his, he just, like, compromised on quality or his vision or, like, just any of the things that Cameron's just known for. Uh, so 20 or 30 years, we have to ask ourselves – would he even want to like pursue that? And, you know, it's like a, you know, it's, I don't know if like, uh, it's so difficult because of how busy he is making what four, you know, at the time was he making four avatar sequels and, you know, he's, he's a, he's a busy man. And uh, so I felt like you know, the moment, like, Oh, James Cameron never went sad. I was like, Oh, that's, that's alarming. And, uh, and I don't know. It just, um, you watch dark fate. And, and I've talked about this ad nauseum with uh, many people, but you watch Dark Fate, and I believe that you know if you go on like the the fan, the Terminator Two fan page, and you go to various you know sites, the people that defend it are usually just very like positive, like accepting like people, like they're you know they 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 just took it and they enjoyed it for for an action movie. And I I mean like for as far as an action movie goes, especially an action movie nowadays being like you know 2019 2020 it's it, it it's completely like fine it's a completely serviceable as an action movie uh but stylistically it didn't follow up to terminator one and two with like the with this with the um 
the action sequences uh you know how terminator 2 like he borrowed like you know uh like the shotgun sequence with reese gunning down the t-800 at the at tech noir you know with, you know the t-800 doing this the t-1000 you know, at the mall at the, you know, the, at the galleria he like he takes these uh, these scenes and kind of just recreates them in a, an amazing way and we didn't really see like too much of that uh we we saw i mean but the things he did change were kind of bizarre you know like if you you know kyle reese says it then you know the t-800 says it and then in the third one it's you know come with me or you're dead in the next 30 seconds and i'm like well that's an interesting little i don't see why you would change that line you know i don't it didn't follow stylistically the action was much more something that you would see in an action movie today, like something that like a, like a Transformers movie, like something just kind of you know the the scene where they're the, you know they're in this they're in the air and they're in the uh, what the the uh, what that giant that plane and the, the you know the the Ref Nine comes and collides with them and all of a sudden it's this aerial <laughs> battle. I'm like, um, so I remember you know Tim Miller saying that he wanted to keep it grounded. I was like, this is not grounded figuratively or literally for that matter. This it's kind of out there and uh it just kind of and then they kind of went into that little sequence where it felt almost like i don't know like zero g you know they're kind of floating inside of the you know the cabin or whatever or the 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 back end it was just so over the top and then and then the weirdest elements that were borrowed i'm sorry i know i've been going on for a while but the the the, uh the elements that were borrowed were you know stuff that you know like uh you know um grace happened to have a power cell that could just fortunately for them in that moment could destroy uh much like in t3 he had those little those nuclear like fuel cells the t850s had uh and that ends up being the thing that destroys the um the tx and it's just weird like that that they actually took bits and pieces from like significant bits and pieces from uh five or yeah three four and five yeah man i uh i don't know cameron you know he uh i I don't ever see him directing a Terminator film. I don't ever see him. Yeah. Uh, I I think the capacity that we got him in for Dark Fate is that's the most he'll ever come back to. And I think, I think now what's going to happen is uh, all three of them, Arnold, Linda, and James, before the next significant thing that happens with Terminator being a you know either a film or a television series, before that happens. I honestly believe they're not going to be with us anymore. Like I, like I think that's how dead Terminator is at this point. You'll get yeah. a video game. You'll, you'll, you'll get your Terminator resistance video game. And uh, I mean, I want to play that. That looks like fucking sweet as hell. Wait, wait, um, wait which one are you talking about TechCom or resistance? I'm a, I'm talking about resistance. I know this, like there's this uh, fan game, right? Called uh, TechCom. Yeah, yeah, and that looks—that's the one I want to play because it just—it looks like you're in Terminator, the Terminator. It's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing. Uh, uh, Resistance looks—it uh, looks okay. I mean, look, it looks like a—you know—for someone that's a gamer that like plays games all the time. I don't know if you are, but um, but for someone, you know, you kind of see graphics could have been a little—they could have punched those up a bit. And I mean, I've heard mixed reviews across the board, and I've heard the general consensus being it's fine. It's—it's—it <laughs> it's, will, you know. It will prevent you from not playing video games. Like you, you, you will play a video game, and there you go. Uh, but is 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 TechCom available on like major platforms, or is that just like a PC thing? It's gonna be PC, and uh, yeah, they're not 
uh, finished with it. They've got a Facebook page, and every time they, every time they put a picture up, it's it's just this. You can just see the love, like in that screenshot, like how much they're trying to perfect it to make it look like, and not even the future war sequence from the second one. They they've made it look distinctly like the first Terminator movie, the future war. How it's like a, it's a very frightening, dark. You know, um, you get that visceral feeling. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's the one I'm excited for. That's the one I want to play. All right, yeah. I mean, I've been following it a little bit. I've seen you know snippets from certain groups and whatnot, and uh, I just want to play a Terminator video game because, like I said, I think that's, that's where you'll see it now start to maybe pick up. Like, you can tell an interesting story that way. And, did but, you ever uh, see the, uh, the arcade game, the T2 arcade game? I think I did. I, uh, something's telling me I did. Like, at one point in my life, I know I've played the salvation arcade game there was a salvation arcade i had no idea not like a pinball but like a like a like a first person shooter kind of thing i had Um, no idea yeah they got one for salvation like usually they're at dave and busters or uh any kind of like big arcade place i mean it it, it's all right it's so repetitive like you just move from spot to spot and you're just fucking shooting endoskeletons it's like all right <laughs> I'll, I'll take it uh, you know what we were talking we were talking earlier though and you were saying that uh, uh you know james and arnie and linda won't be part of it so i mean the what i would have accepted and it's funny to me how how uh dark fate really looks like they really borrowed heavily from the star wars model like but you know with seven eight nine where they said we're just going to revamp the story with new characters and just kind of because and you know fans are going to get angry if we change up anything so we're just we know this formula worked so we're just going to tell it with different characters it's amazing that they did that like i would take and then kind of uh, take the characters that we know and love, and in some instances, you know, remove them from the from the uh, from the chessboard. Uh, I would never do that. I I feel like, you know, and maybe this is like the 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 child in me, but I feel like it. Um, I like the idea that like Luke Skywalker is out there, or like I don't know, it was a long. It was supposedly it took a place a long time ago, uh, but like you know, you want to believe that that character is still alive in that universe, you know. And I don't know how spoiler-free you've been on these calls. Like, I don't know, like, have you talked plot stuff about Dark Fate? Oh, I was going to say, dude, like, right after you finished up your thing, I was going to say, dude, we're going to, like, let's, like, all right, we've kind of talked spoiler-free. Now let's, if people want to just skip past and, like, we'll, uh, when I'm editing the episode together, I'll put, like, a little marker, like, you go to this part if you don't want to hear spoilers. But, yeah, talk spoilers, dude. Okay, let's let's, let's just, yeah, because I'm trying to be just... So, the, so removing uh, John Connor was the thing that obviously just. I don't know how you felt about that, but that that pissed me off because it really just felt like it undid, like like the Terminator. It's like the Terminator, like the first movie. You, like everything is happening, and all and it's all about John Connor. It's all about his and preventing his birth. Like he's that significant. That like we we don't even meet him in that first movie, but everything is about him, you know. And then the second one, we meet him, and you know, it's this kid, this rebellious, angsty kid, and we we come to 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 care about him, and you know, much the way James Cameron masterfully does that uh, with his filmmaking. And so to remove him, like five minutes in to the third one, I'm like, what are you doing? Like John Connor is like the story, like he's the he's the key to everything. And then to tap. And then replace it with a story that's like I don't 
and like Skynet's now lead. And here's the th- other thing that bothered me is that like so now you've altered, you know, so so Skynet never gets made, and uh, uh, you know, so you've kicked the can down the road. And but there are these forcing factors so that humanity and and machines inevitably will find themselves in this conflict. But this time the AI is called Legion. But Legion. The scenario plays out where someone rises up and leads a resistance, and the Legion sends Terminators. I'm like, oh, so you call them Terminators. That's interesting. You don't call them, like, (laughs) Eliminators or Infiltrators or just, no, Terminators. And then the future scene with, uh, when we finally see Grace, or uh, we finally see um, Danny save Grace from those people that wanted food from her. Uh, And then uh, Danny says, uh, you know, the guy pulls the gun on her, and she's like, and you hear a HKs, you shoot that, then they'll know we're here. I'm like, they call them HKs too. That's a, that's a <laughs> How is that? How is that possible? It's just, um, I don't. I think that you know, it would take like a company, like a group of guys that are making that uh, tech com game, or like individuals like you, me, and Gershom certainly that kind of just respect the material. Like, how could we further it? Not. You know, because it's weird to be like, oh, how do we do right by this story? Let's kill John Connor. It's like, really? You don't think that'll piss off just, like, a bunch of people? So, anyway, uh, tell me, tell me, Eddie, how did you feel <laughs> in the theater when that happened? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to ask, is, um, are you using headphones? Because there was a couple times there where you were breaking up. I am using headphones, so I, I could switch just to my normal phone. Let me like. see how that sounds really quick. Hold on. Let me try it out. Hold on. Okay. All right. How's this? Um, I'm gonna give it a second. Just uh, talk. Just for like, just like, ask me that same question you asked. All right. So, (laughs) how did you feel in the theater when you saw um, John Connery get killed? How did you feel in those opening minutes? Uh, I'm honestly gonna say, if that's okay with you, go with that. That sounds a lot better. Okay. (laughs) It's just, yeah, I was just doing the hands-free thing, but I, I, no worries. Okay. Um, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So you're holding it up to your ear. Yeah, now I'm holding it up to my ear, yeah. Oh, damn. There's no way, like, can you do a speakerphone or no? Oh, uh, let me try. Because I don't want to make you hold it up to your ear. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, so how did you feel, though? Um. All right, so initially, I remember thinking that it seems very, uh, like you feel, like, very, like, don't do that. Like, um, just don't touch John Connor. He's, he's, he's this incredibly important figure. And uh, I started warming up to the idea of uh, killing him off. Um, Traitor. <laughs> no 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 it's fine it's fine uh, <laughs> I mean but here's where I stand now because now I've kind of warmed up to another idea that it's what bothers me about the story is that okay John Connor is is of no importance now so now some other person is of importance and for me thinking about it it almost makes me not care about what happens to Danny because I'm thinking, well, who the fuck cares? Because if something happens to Danny, then someone else is going to become important. So right. 
it, well, it, it's it's just like this never ending. Okay, this person's not important anymore. This person's important. That's not the way it should have worked. It should have worked to the way that if John was eliminated, in my mind, the way I think of it is is like you see the future and you see it just like evaporate and you see like humans evaporate and and you come to the future or or, or you're in the present and John is eliminated and that's it. You don't see any ramifications in the present except for John being killed, but we jump to the future and we see all of humanity wiped out the way that Skynet wants it. That's the way I think it should have uh, played out. But you're telling me that John being killed doesn't really matter because now Danny's the important one. Right. And, and you know what though? And you're right. You know, it's like, it, it took away the important and the, the importance of the, of the, you know, first two movies. I mean, like what I'm saying now is that it took away the importance of these, especially like, you know, especially Terminator 2 when like John and the T-800 had, you know, they, it was like a father and son. It was like they, and with Sarah, it was like this family unit and just to wipe John and, and everything that was everything that was done, like everything the T-800 did, everything did was to keep him alive, to keep him safe. And, they, and to undo that, I, I feel like I feel like with Dark Fate. To remove John, you could have easily just, you know, he's like, well, I'm not needed in this future because we've, you know, have stopped this future from happening. So I, they could have had him go into hiding. They could have just had him just like, they don't know where he is, but he's alive, uh, you know, for his own safety or for whatever reason. And then they could have, they could have easily done the dark face story and not killed John and still had Sarah come in because, you know, she, child but then she also wants humanity to survive you know it's it's a they didn't have to go that route and uh you know much the way um you know much the way star wars with you know killing off on solo and then luke dying and i was like yeah like and then you know it, it's just you didn't have to do that you could have to in and um the thing i would have preferred is like if they had uh if the route that would have gone after t2 would have been we're going to tell stories in like in a in an expanded terminator universe that has nothing to do with has nothing to do with sarah or john or that t800 that we came to know and love it has nothing to do with them this is a separate maybe a, a t800 that's a different uh, model with a different uh, target with a different uh, mission you know with a different they could have i would have preferred something in like the terminator expanded universe had they created one uh but not kind of not take the characters that we know and love and and just wipe them out like they're nothing it, it felt really felt like a, just a disservice to to the story that um and a lot of people have said it's it was like uh, uh it was like what alien uh three did to aliens like the opening minutes of opening credits of alien three and they just you know you find out that uh what newt died and and uh hicks was it hicks uh anyway. i don't know dude i've never seen alien three Oh, you haven't? Oh, yeah. The opening—it's the thing that uh, the opening credits. Uh, the little girl, and then like the and Mike, and then Michael Bean's character. We we learned that they uh, they died on board the ship <laughs> after the second. Oh, one. I mean, I've heard this said so many times. That, like the like the Alien Three thing. Like I've heard it, but like I've never seen the movie just because it uh, doesn't sound like it's something I would enjoy. No, and, <laughs> and the effects are even inferior. And the weirdest thing is, it was actually tolerable as a movie. So. I, it's funny too because I heard you say, uh, I was listening to one of your podcasts. I want to say, and you were you said that you'd seen it again, and or, you seen Dark Fate again, and your like your opinion had kind of shifted a little bit, and, and like a little more of a positive. 
I was really curious about that. Um, yeah, that was all right. So that was initially what I when, like when I was talking about. Um, maybe try. Okay, for some reason, like I don't mean to keep pausing here, but for for some reason, like anytime I talk, there's like this, like this, like clicking underneath. Yeah, I so, hear it too. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you're making popcorn, buddy. Yeah, I don't know what the heck that is. Um, maybe try the headphones again, <laughs> and then <laughs> so we'll just leave it at the headphones. Fuck but, it. Uh, are you are you hearing it when I'm talking? Go ahead, talk. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, here this is me talking. Are you hearing that popping sound? I think I heard it a little bit. Like for some reason, it's. There we go. Headphones. Headphones. Hearing that popping again, but now it's like in surround sound, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what is it with you and me and the and the technical issues, but I'm going huh. up in the recording, right? <laughs> yeah, for some reason, though, like I don't hear the popping, but now it's ah, oh, Jesus, I don't fucking know, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> it's you and me, buddy. We're cursed. I know. Um, uh, oh, so you okay? So you asked about me warming up to it. I mean, look, uh, I, I, I'm okay with it, just as like a stupid throwaway action movie. I'll watch it because Linda came back to it, and um, uh, but really, I haven't warmed up to it as canon because it's not canon. And one and two, and that's it. And now then, the Battle of I mean, I've seen it on YouTube. Uh, battle across time I, like i like when i was doing the terminator 101 i'm pretty sure i was like that's not even canon to me like that's the closest thing to canon but it's there's a lot of rule breaking in that thing i think so uh, oh yeah but that's just my opinion but um yeah terminator's dead and done and and, and terminator 101 is dead and done and i and I, that was partly why like that honestly was one reason why I shifted from the Terminator podcast to a free dis, like a open discussion, free form kind of thing. And oh, well, I realized, we can, uh, yeah, we can switch topics at any point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I realized that uh, Dark Fate's probably not going to 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 be what we want it to be. You know, as as much as that hurt to accept and and think about, I was like, I gotta I gotta end this thing, and I gotta go out on a high note and. Uh, I think I did. So anyways, um, yeah, that is a very disappointing film for me in 2019, but the best movie of 2019, and I don't, and I don't think we've talked about it. Oh, this, I know what you're going to say. Is fucking Joker, man. Joker. <laughs> Joker. Like, do you agree or disagree? I agree. I, I saw it. Uh, and the person I went and saw it with, they, they weren't really impressed with it, but I was like, oh my goodness, like give give Joaquin Phoenix the, the Oscar. Like he, it was such a just massive, and they really just like they took character and they just made it into this like they made him real and they made him just someone that you could kind of associate with which which is for the Joker kind of a hard character to do that with but they made it so just down to earth and like anybody could you know that could happen to anybody um, especially with this condition and give to people about his his like incessant like laughter at inappropriate times and all that it was just i loved it it was it was just a masterpiece of a movie yeah yeah yep and uh i'm not like i don't really care about the award circuit shit but like anytime i see a post on one of the jokers like official pages on social media i just like that shit and and reshare it and, <laughs> and it's a great movie it's, 
yeah, dude, it's just, uh, I've, I've seen it so many times and, and anybody that tells me they haven't seen it, I'm like, we're hanging out. We're watching Joker. We're watching it. And dude, the thing that, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, and you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming they do love it. Um, I've shown it to a bunch of people and, and I actually went with my parents, which was a rare thing, like to, to get them to agree to go to see a film with me. And, uh, why? <laughs> they're just so like, what, like what I find interesting, they don't find interesting. And the second I came up to them and I was like, Hey, we should go see Joker. And they both gave me this look of, are you serious? Like, <laughs> that's a comic book movie. What the fuck? We don't care about comic book movies. And I was trying to tell them, I was like, look, just, just give it a chance. Cause I had seen it once prior with uh, Durant cinema. And, uh, uh, I was like, look, promise. This is not a, like, this is not a comic book movie. It, 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 it might as well not even be called Joker because this could have been some schmuck off the street. Um, go see it with me and you're going to love it. My dad loved it. And my mom was like, she just didn't care for it at all. And I asked her, I was like, what about it? Didn't you like? And, uh, she was like, I don't know. It was just, it, it was really depressing. And I was like, yeah, well, one, that's the point. And two, aren't you the person that watches 20,000 true life crime shows? She goes, yeah. <laughs> she goes, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that makes no sense. Speaking of, speaking of, uh, I'll, two points. I guess one point, but then I'm going to shift topic slightly. But the what I really love about what uh, happened with Joker is that the bar had been set so high after the Dark Knight and Heath Ledger's performance, and he, you know, I know you don't care about the award aspect of it, but the fact that Heath won an Oscar posthumously, and uh, but the bar had been set so high that everyone was like, "There's no way you could follow that. Like, how do you follow?" And in comes in Joaquin Phoenix and blows our shit away. Amazing. That's like, like, it's a testament to, to like, like human like creativity and ingenuity and just like being able to like, it's an, you know, an epic masterpiece. Doesn't mean that you can't bring your own epic masterpiece, which is what he did. Yes. Yeah. I love that point. You're so true because. People were like, I just remember thinking like, and this was when uh, Jared Leto was going to do the Joker. People were like, what? Like, how do you even try to step into that shoe? Uh, Like Heath Ledger was the Joker. Like that is the, you know, ultimate Joker to many people. Um, Prior to that, I was still on the Jack Nicholson bandwagon. I never really got big into the Heath Ledger thing. Um, I recognize it as an incredible performance, but I was just, I don't know. Like I much preferred uh, Jack Nicholson's performance. I felt like that was. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw that recently too. Yeah. Uh, yeah like I, I, I'll, I'll say the first two Batman movies are my favorite. The, the Tim Burton ones, the Tim Burton with my, and my, with Michael Keaton. I, I just love him. And I love him as Bruce Wayne, Batman. I, I love him. So. Yeah. Well. There was just uh like what I said, like, like this is the way I looked at it. I was like, all right, the Joker is when you put him up against Batman, Joker is not physically opposing to Batman. There's no way Joker would ever be able to defeat Batman, you know, fist to fist. That's not the way Joker works. He works right. 
from a, you know, from a mind game kind of way. He works from a just can he can he induce fear uh, just by looking at him kind of thing. And Keith Ledger, as you know, as crazy as he was in that film, I always felt that he was just a little too young because he's actually the youngest actor that's like played the Joker in like a major motion picture. He's he, he was so young when he made that film and it shows because I think like, I'm just always uh, like baffled why people think he's that frightening in that film. Like, I don't think he's that scary in the film. And I think that's supposed to be a big attribute of the Joker. He has to be frightening because he's really not that physically, you know, opposing to anyone. I am. Um... I, I, I don't know. Like, there's moments where, like, the thing that got me is that he would have moments where he was actually quite comical, and he had his very distinct delivery. But the part where he was filming the guy that he, that he out of nowhere shouts, look at me, and it's just kind of, it's, you, it kind of, like, it, I kind of jumped at that, you know, and it was this weird, like, there's this psychotic murder just i mean like that has that level of intensity that's just underneath the surface that at any moment could just jump out and uh, so for me like that was always kind of just there that was i mean i i was i you know it was, his performance was very arresting i mean the, where he uh he shows up with his his goons to uh that wayne benefit you know fundraiser for harvey dent and uh doesn't up and he you know he shows up and um michael kane actually forgot his line <laughs> because he was just so just uh you know uh Hitler's performance was so arresting that he just michael kane distinguished phenomenon michael kane forgot his line yeah i i have heard that and i the 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 scene where he's filming the guy and then he shouts at him i agree that is probably the most unsettling moment in that entire film when it comes to Joker, in my opinion, where it's just yeah. like, Jesus Christ. All right. Now I can maybe see to me, there wasn't enough of that. And anybody that says, all right, well, who's your favorite Joker prior to Joaquin, I would say Jack Nicholson. And I, and I would always argue this point. I would say, put me in a room like a dark room and, and, and tell me that Jack Nicholson's Joker is in that room with me. And then tell me that Heath Ledger's Joker is in that room with me. I am going to be 10 times more fucking frightened of Jack Nicholson's Joker. And that's largely attributed to the fact that he is just, he's, he's pretty old in that movie and he's still fucking psychotic. He has this burnt, like almost burnt on kind of smirk on his face from falling into the fucking chemicals. Whereas, right. with, you know what I mean? Like with Heath Ledger, you know, we don't really know how he got those things, but they're just like, you know, self, like they could be self-induced, but it's not permanent. Like they're, they're just scars. This guy, he has a fucking permanent smile on his face and it never goes away. It never goes away. <laughs> and the other, to your, to your point, um, I love the fact that uh, uh, Jack Nicholson actually, like he's actually funny. Like it's hard to like not laugh at some of the lines that he says, even though like, you know, uh, when he shakes that guy's hand and like the thing, the buzzer goes off and like it completely fries <laughs> that guy. And it's like, ooh, a little hotter to the collar, you know. And he's, he's saying all these hilarious things, and it's like you do laugh because it's just funny. Like it's just, uh, or what is it? Um, uh, when he when uh, he's got the balloons and he's like gagging all of Gotham, and then uh, and then uh, Batman shows up with his like the um, the Batwing and like clips them all and takes them away. And so I'm like, why didn't someone tell me he had one of those? 
the funniest thing in the world because it's just like I don't know. Only Jack Nicholson. You're right. Jack Nicholson is, uh, you know, been because of my love for the first two as well. Uh, but that's not to take away from Heath Ledger or or Joaquin. They, you know, they they came, they stepped up. Oh, I don't no. know too much about. I don't know too much about. Um, I didn't see Suicide Squad. I mean, I've seen, like, I've seen um, Jared Leto's performance, like the uh, stitched together on YouTube, but. I, it's you know you see it out of context and I don't know if that affects the performance, but eh. no. Like prior to Joaquin Phoenix, Jack Nicholson was my favorite. Now, hands down, is Joaquin. Joaquin is is uh is is my go to Joker because like like that's the wow. way Joker should be for me. Like that's that is the ultimate Joker where he's he's at the end of that movie he's frightening to me like that scene with robert de niro on the talk show that i was just on pins and needles because man when he was like how about another joke instantly i knew fuck like this guy's gonna snap and that's what's so frightening about that because the build-up to it was uh so engrossing and, and, and just to see how fragile he was and 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 how society made him that way and we never got a backstory that in depth with with Joker, and I love that about it. And the, and... The, to, the other thing, sorry to cut you off there, uh, but I I love that in that that interview when he's like, "You only brought me on here so you could make fun of me," and you yes. just you feel this like you feel it building, like oh, okay, so okay, something bad's about to happen because he didn't like he didn't speak to him that way until that moment, you know, where he kind of just kind of he kind of put all of his cards like his Joker caught on the table, you know? So it's like, um, so you get this feeling of like, okay, some, some bad stuff's going to happen. But at the same time, and I'm like, well, that's, that's just good cinema to get me to kind of associate with this guy. Like, and kind of be like, yeah, Robert De Niro's character was a, I forgot the character's name. He's he's, he's a total jerk. And, and to get me on board with that. I mean, when he pulled the gun out and shot him, I was like, well, you know, I would maybe, I would, maybe I would have thrown a pie in his face, but it's as opposed to a gun, but, um, but I, I need to actually seeing you uh, own it and seeing you praise it so much. I was like, man, every time I see you like post about it, I'm like, I need to get to that movie. I need to pick that one up. Yeah, it's uh, whew, it's and, and, and all this talk of a sequel, man. I'm just no, please, no. They, you know, they might, they might do right by it. They might because it's. I mean, it's it's close enough time. That they, you know, and is the same director, right? Same. I would hope so, at least if they have to make a sequel, that you have to get Todd Phillips. You have to. Yeah, he did such a phenomenal job, and you have, and you get Joaquin back. I mean, it's it's been close enough that they can, you know, as long as long as they have a compelling, as long as I'm sitting there for a reason watching this thing, um, I. I uh, just uh, activated my Netflix again uh, to just to finish watching BoJack Horseman, and then I'm gonna. Uh, I don't, did you ever watch BoJack? Uh, that is something I don't think I have. I know it's an animated series, right? It's an animated series, and um, I skipped over it so often because I, I just saw this cartoon horse guy, horse man, and um, I just it, I didn't think it would like, uh, what, what does it have to do with me? I, I don't think I would like it. And so my friend really urged me to watch it, and I completely, like, it's it's one of the shows that I think will stand the test of time as far as animated series go. Like they, it's I've never seen a show 
that was so real that was so just raw it made you just feel and think and um uh, there was an episode I watched. I mean, I won't say where or I mean which episode, but I actually gasped out loud <gasps> when I was watching. <laughs> yeah, but it was an animated series. I'm like, that's this never happened. I, I don't think I've ever done that in an actual like you know live action movie. So if you do have an opportunity, I I impl- implore you watch BoJack Horseman. It's phenomenal. All right. I mean, I am uh, I am bumming Netflix off of a friend, so I might actually I might fire actually, it up. Uh... Yeah, fire it up. Will Arnett. Uh, he's the perfect voice for the character because he's got that distinctive kind of gravelly, and it's just it's I don't know. Like if I mean, I've had people that um, you know they try to I, the, you know people that I do get into it and that they actually follow through, they end up falling in love with it because it's just such a thought it was at all and it was completely it's about a you know it's about human nature and it's about being broken and, and what to do with those pieces that you have remaining it's it's i can't i can't sing the praises of the of bojack horseman enough all right what's, man. what's the I way mean, you are about joker all right i mean look I'll, I'll 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 add it to the list uh i do know that i currently i got a i got really addicted to black mirror I've been told um, about that one. I've been told about that one. Yeah, like because I don't know. I was really craving a um, a new series because uh, I'm weird. Like when I get into a series, I kind of and I and I realize this is a problem, and I realize like I need probably to go to a therapist for this. But like I <laughs> shut out, I shut out all other series. Like I'll be uh, like. Man. You know what I mean? I'll be like, that's my series, and I will not watch anything else because I'm devoted to that series. Well, I don't like um, mixing up series anyway because I feel like you can wires can things can get mixed up, and you can I don't know. It's I'm the same way. Like if I'm watching something else, if I happen to be watching something else, and I'm already currently in, invested in a show, the other thing I'm watching, Burgers, which I've seen a billion times, I can just have it on in the background. Like like watch like to invest multiple shows. I don't. I don't work that way either. Yeah, like I don't like. How do people do that? I I, I really don't think that you can. I, I I I can't imagine that you can actually truly get invested into a show when you're watching The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad. You're watching uh, Mad Men. You're watching Lost. You're watching uh, uh, Jesus Christ. I don't fucking know. You're watching Criminal Mind. Like, how are you watching all this? And you can actually tell me that you fully understand everything you're watching. You can, because that's the whole point, right? Like you should be able to recount shit. Like, right. You should be absorbed and you should be like, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like if you spread your attention across it, it's almost easy to get, and I'm speaking strictly from my own mind, but it's easy for my brain to get overwhelmed if I just oversaturate it with like, with uh, TV shows and other media and stuff. And I, I'm the same way. I don't, um, uh, I'm excited about Better Call Saul returning uh, because I don't know if you watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul for that matter, but we're like nearing the point where it's about to crash right into Breaking Bad, the timeline wise. And uh, so excited for that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, uh, I didn't. And that was only because uh, during that and so many people are telling me, dude, you got to do Breaking Bad. But like I was like The Walking Dead was my show. Um, it was mine for and, a while, too. Yeah. And then. uh <laughs> And then I, I just saw it, you know, it, it just dipped in quality, in my opinion. And um, spoilers here for everybody. Spoilers, spoilers. 
the, the, the moment Rick left is the moment Eddie left. And I have yeah, not me- seen a, <laughs> right? Like I, I have not seen a single episode since his departure. I watched a few and I'll, I'll level with you. I watched a few, but um, everything you think it, it, it is like now, like the heart and soul of the show is gone. So it's kind of hobbling along and they can, they make do with other characters and they give certain characters more lines and obviously more prominent roles within the show. But the heart and soul of that show was Andrew Lincoln. Like it, it's the reason I watched. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, but also I was also burned out with the Negan saga, the whole all out war storyline. It was a lot. And they were just being brutalized by Negan, especially the um, spoiler alert. The, uh, the, the season premiered, the, when they meet Negan and he has them all like on their knees and he's got his, you know, he's got Lucille and he's doing eeny, miny, mo and he freaking he bashes, he kills Abraham and Glenn. I was like, yeah. whoa, this is <laughs> like, are you serious? You're expected in one episode you did that? Uh, so it was just very emotionally draining. And so, and then, and then Rick left. So I'm like, okay, I don't. And I've, like I said, I've seen a couple episodes. It's just missing its heart and soul. Yeah, yeah, it really, truly is. And uh, I, uh, ironically, that episode that you just described—that's my favorite episode in the entire series. I think Good that's God. That. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like <laughs> his eyeball pops out. Oh my God! Fuck! I love that shit, dude. I, I, I. I love a good villain, and in my opinion, Negan became a pussy. But that <laughs> that episode, holy fucking shit, for a cable show. I was watching that, like, I remember it to this day. Like, I was watching it with my friends, and I've never felt what I felt during that episode for a show that I was invested in. I was just you're like... Gut- Wait, hold on. Say it again? It's like, uh, it's like you're gutted from watching this horror, like, this... this uh, Them being put in such a horrible situation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's so... Yeah, like that's what it is. It's this buildup of six seasons that the like you like these characters that you care about and and it's just the setting. Like they, like that was a perfect setting for that. And this is not talked about nearly enough. But that setting with that woods around them and all you hear is like 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 off in the distance howling and shit and just like crickets and shit and and, and the wind blowing totally horror 100 percent horror that was the most scary that show had ever been and then on top of that you have this guy negan who is just he is he is enjoying doing this no matter what he says when he's like oh oh hell i see this is hard on you guys i am sorry i truly am and, and like, he's just like glenn's Oh my god. You know what the thing I couldn't resist but you know, he um uh you know, he kills Abraham and he bashes Glenn's skull in and the that horrible visual of his eyeball like extruded slightly and uh like looking to Maggie and I'm like, This is the worst thing I've ever seen. But I uh, but at the end of it, you know, we 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 finished the episode, we're all there's a big group of us and I was like, Yeah, those uh I mean, like, I, I was kind of impressed with, like, the, uh, the, the practical effects. I'm like, those are pretty eye-popping visuals, huh? And then one of the rest stopped him. And I said, okay. I mean, it's not like they're beating us over the head with it. And then they were like, and then I was like, all right, all right, I'll stop. I mean, if I do come up with another quip, I'll keep an eye out. And they're like, all right, I'll stop, I'll stop. Uh, but it, um, it, 
it left me feeling just uh just very um and, and i think it speaks to why you love the show so much but like you you care so much and then they just build and build and build this intensity of like this horrible situation and not only that but then there's no there's no miracle of them getting out and all of a sudden everything's okay no they come face to face with their worst nightmare and then they, and then they deliver on this horrific gut-wrenching you know like two of their people are brutally beaten in front of them it's like uh my favorite episode um uh, in uh walking dead was called better angels and uh my two favorite characters in the show at that time i think it was season two um it was my my two favorite characters all were Rick and Shane. I loved Shane, and it oh, was yeah. the episode where uh, Rick finally they have their confrontation like out in the out in the woods where Shane's going out to kill him. Oh, and yeah. uh, it, when you see, I mean, if you ever rewatch that episode, when it shows the two of them in the clearing and they're silhouetted like against the moonlight, it's such a cool shot, and it's just like they're back and forth with like you know. I'm a better father than you, Rick, and I'm better for Laura than you, man. And even now, you're not going to fight for them. And uh, it was just such a brilliant performance from the both of them. It was just, uh, God, that was a, that's my favorite episode. No, that's a terrific episode. And honestly, yeah, Shane was Shane was a uh, one of the best characters ever, which is he was, uh, you know, why I was really excited and uh, and it felt right to leave uh, when Rick left. I like I. I I loved that little cameo that, that John Bernthal got. Um, oh they yeah. Ca- they're in the car talking, weren't they? And it's like, a- yeah, but he, but he, but he's like, you know, uh, uh, how is everybody doing? And they're like, uh, and then Rick is like, my family's good. And then, uh, John Bernthal's like, well, some would argue that's my family. You're protecting. Oh, <laughs> it was his baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, it's, I, it, it's I, so good. I did a, um, what was it? Uh, a Comic Con, like a Wizard World Comic Con in Portland, and it was like uh, I want to say I, I got a photo op with like four of them. I think it was uh, the actress that played Andrea, and then Merle, and then Daryl, and Shane, and John Barenthal. Uh, so when I and, and the thing is, you know, you, you come across. And I don't know if you've ever met them before, uh, but a lot of the you know a lot of the celebrities that you'll meet there are you know they're they kind of get. Um, you know, overwhelmed with all the fan response. Uh, so they're kind of maybe a little more, I don't want to say standoffish, but they're a little more, you know, reserved. Uh, but when I walked up to the group of them, all four of them, they actually grabbed me and then pulled me into the picture. Like, like I had been friends with them for years. Right. Nice. And, uh, I do this picture with them and I'm standing in the back and I look at and Shane standing right next to me. I look up at him and I was like, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, he's like, "Thank you." And then uh, they took they took the picture, and then I'm walking off. He's, he looks at me, he's like, "Hey, man, you t- oh, uh, take care." Uh, yeah, John. I mean, John Berthold, dude. His career. He. Um, what, what's really sucky about his career is he hasn't achieved leading man status yet, but yet he shows up in some of the greatest like things that I've seen in a long time. He was in Wolf of Wall Street. Like when I saw him in Wolf of Wall Street, I was like, what the, f- oh, what? hold on. John Bernthal's in this thing. I didn't even know that. I never um, saw that one. You never saw Wolf of Wall. Yeah, dude. He's uh he has a great role in that movie. I mean, that movie's just great in general, but uh, he's in that he's in, uh, did you see this movie called grudge match with uh, De Niro and Stallone? I did not. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a you know, it's a it's a subpar comedy. It's it's supposed to be Rocky versus uh, Raging Bull, um, but uh, uh, John Bernthal's in there, and uh, it's a pretty nice dramatic performance from him. Uh, just so many like these like movies he'll pop up in, and uh, blows me away that he's not this like real true leading man. I think probably the the, the closest he got to that was what the Punisher and that fell through really didn't it like that like that's not going anymore i thought it got canceled yeah although i wanted to it's funny i wanted to watch that show i didn't end up watching it but he was like the oh my god shane's in that show too i gotta watch it you know so <laughs> I, I know his name's john Barron. Uh, i i didn't end up watching it but i heard i mean i heard great things about it but just didn't yeah i never got around to it either but uh, i fucking love john bernthal man and his were were, were his ears as big as they look I don't recall. Like I, I was just so, um, I was just so overwhelmed by how amazing their reaction was to me walking up for a photo. Like how cool it for them just to grab me and pull me into the into like their their group, and it was just the night. I, I was just overwhelmed, and I was on a high from that. Uh, so, and then I met William Shatner, which was another. I was that I was really nervous about that one. Dude. I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you, um, and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but like, hmm. uh, have you t- uh, taken a listen to the Xander Berkeley episode? I didn't, no. Okay. Um, I had him on, and this was actually after Terminator 101. So this was just this, like, the podcast as it is now. So um, we actually didn't talk that much about Terminator 2 in that episode when I had him on. And I thought we were going to because. Do you guys do Walking uh, Dead? Yeah, for the most part, we talked about uh, Walking Dead, and specifically, we talked about conventions. And, dude, he was like—I don't know if he might have had a little too much to drink when we when <laughs> when we recorded this, but Jesus Christ, did he not not explicitly, but he ripped uh, AMC and he ripped conventions in general, but specifically there's a convention called Walker stalker con, which I've been to, I've been to a few, a few, uh, a couple of those. He ripped them new assholes because (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And this is the guy that played Gregory on walking dead. Like he was just, he was just going off on them. And, uh, a lot of his points made sense. Like he was talking about, uh, actor pay and how he was basically, he was, according to him, he was really underpaid on that show um, for like the body of work that he had leading up to it. He did not get what he should have. And part of their thing was like, well, you're going to do the convention circuit and you're going to get money that way. And then he went off in the, and he started talking about how when you play someone like Gregory, who's really not the hero, really not the villain. He's yeah, he's really not the big bad. He's this sort of middle ground douchebag coward character. When you go to a convention, nobody really is going to see him because no one cares. And <laughs> he was just, oh my God, dude, that was a, like, that was a ballsy thing for him to like tell me because we had never met before. It was sort of like this. And I was, I was just blown away. My jaw was dropped half of that episode. Maybe it was therapeutic for him. I don't, uh, uh, well, the thing is, you know, there's always like two sides of that whole thing, you know, and, uh, and, 
like I like I said at the beginning, my life's been a little turbulent, so I haven't really pursued the acting career yet. I'm still stabilizing, and I'm still trying to, you know, uh, uh, find my sanity. Uh, so, but the but uh, the things that I do remember were things like you know, uh, I did certain acting jobs, and I then I was like, I'm never doing it again. Uh, not because it's, I don't know, because it, it just felt like I was there was more so much more I wanted to do, and I felt like my worth was. Was, was much more than what I was being paid and what, what much more than what I was being, you know, made to do. So there's that side of it. And I totally, like, I don't ever, and that's because I've kind of touched and I've kind of dabbled and, and put my toe into the acting pool. Uh, so he, I mean, he could be totally legitimate and valid in, in his, um, in his critiques of uh, Walker Stalker and all that. I, although I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know what I mean, thing is. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was, I mean, if you listen to it, he makes real strong points. So, I mean, I, I, I believe him. And, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, I was like, dude, like, <laughs> I feel like this is something that needs to be heard by more people because I don't ever hear this stuff. Like, I only ever hear, oh, it's so amazing. It's, it's this, it's that. It's, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. But you never really think about you know what is really going on in even something like a convention yes there's probably really good ones if they're small and and whatnot but dude walker stalker it blew up it really blew up um i went to the first one ever in uh georgia like the first year they had it 2013 i was there for my 21st birthday and uh it was you know it was huge then and then all of a sudden they started going around the country to different cities. And then they went freaking international with Walker stalker con. It blew the fuck up crazy. So they're and, probably making a pretty, like a, you know, pretty good profit from all that. Oh, definitely. But you never really think about is everybody that, that you know, like that's working on those things. Is everybody like, are they all cool? Are they all? And he, and, and he, he I don't know. He just, like I said, tore them a new asshole. And, uh, <laughs> I I need to listen to that like so I uh, I dropped off for I mean I I listened uh, pretty uh, religiously to your podcast especially when it was like concerning uh, you know the Terminator franchise and uh, then Dark Fate came out and like well it was that wasn't the case like I just kind of you know life happened but I'm sure now there's like a bunch of episodes that I need to get caught up with with your with your podcast. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, look, I, I, th- this is the weirdest thing because I was thinking about, um, I think it was last night when I was, you know, thinking, all right, what's coming up here in the next few days? Who am I talking to? And I was like, all right, cool. Tomorrow's on me. And then I was just like, how did we meet again? And like, I just wanted to like kind of go back in my head. And it was because of the, it, it was because of Terminator 101 right. that you joined the Patreon and- right. What's the, like the craziest thing here, and I mean this so much, dude, like it's it, to me, it's almost sucky that that's how it had to happen because I much would have preferred that we just met without you, <laughs> like without you having to quote unquote support me as someone who's joining this like monthly thing. Like you're just such a cool guy. Like I oh, love talking you. to you. And, and to me, it's like, damn, like. He supported me, like, dude, start a Patreon, and I'm gonna join. Just like, like <laughs> no. just, uh... Uh, so the thing is, like, uh, it was. Uh, to, I don't know if this helps or not, but when I listened and I saw the content, 
not only, I mean, first and foremost, it was a, it was a topic matter that I'm very vocal and very passionate about, but also you seem like such a cool guy about it and super knowledgeable. So I was like, it was how cool you were that I was like, I need to support this guy. Like I need to, you know, at least do what I can to like, I mean, as much as I can, uh, because I thought I, I loved the work you were doing and I loved how you delivered it. I was like, oh, I can listen to this, and I, you know, my breaks from work, I listened to your your uh, podcast, and it was just kind of a thing that kind of just got me through my day. So I was like, I, it was weird, but I felt like I owed you something. I know that's not the case, but it was such a service, such a such a cool service that you were giving to people, and uh, so I was really appreciative. So it really, bottom line, I'm, thank you. That was a, uh, and I supported you because you know it was something that I believed in, believe in <laughs> the past tense, but something <laughs> I believe in. Yeah, man. No, I, I, I really do, uh, do appreciate it. But like, I was thinking that's like, that's how it is. Like, that's how it started. And then we did that. Uh, we did that uh, one live chat where we uh, were able to see each other. Um, right. And just after that, I was like, fuck it. I don't even care if, if, if he like cancels today and doesn't ever donate quote unquote, I'm going to, reach out to this guy and like, I just want to keep talking to him and I just want to keep the friendship going because it's not even about, Oh, he didn't, he didn't support me this month. He doesn't get a Q. I appreciate that. I was, I was hoping the same. I, I think uh, you, uh, the thing is, uh, you know, you're busy and I understand it. And then my life happened. It, it's the most interesting. I mean, the other most interesting thing that would happen from that would come of this Terminator love is, Gershom. I, I talk to him quite a bit. I mean, it's through Facebook, but we talk quite a bit. One of those things where I'll be shitty and he'll reach out and be like, what's going on, brother? And I'll be like, oh, and then we'll just shoot the shit for, and just mess each other. And then he always, he always makes me feel better. And he always has like a, that guy is such, that guy is such a stand-up guy. He's got, uh, he is like like genius level intellect super fucking talented and like would give you the shirt off his back like he's just a stand-up guy and uh it, it's really amazing because i think i i first heard about him through your podcast because you did an episode with him uh talking about uh i, I don't remember what the episode topic was like what you wanted on a uh dark fate i don't remember what it was but anyway um... so i yeah I think it was because uh, I think it was just like an open ended kind of thing, but we really focused on his short film, the right Infiltrator, Infiltrator which was fantastic. Um, and so it was a uh, anyway because of you, I met him, and like he is he's someone I consider in the line of like a good friend because he's just uh, he doesn't have to you know message me, but then he'll reach out and make sure that I'm doing okay. And he's got some hilarious stories. I don't know if, I don't know how often you talk to him, but the guy's a the guy's hilarious. Yeah, dude, it sucks because we um we were doing the uh, no fate what we stream thing, and then uh, I'm not that technologically uh, with it. And the second YouTube got rid of Google Hangouts, I uh, I messaged him. I was like, "What do we do now?" Because like that was so easy to just log in, get someone on, do a sh- do a quote unquote show, and then get off. And then they got rid of Google Hangouts, and I. I like we toyed around. We tried OBS one day. I remember we uh, we put some time aside, him and I, and we were like, "All right, let's try this." It didn't work. Uh, you could only hear one of us, um, and we just never got around to it. And it's you know it's unfortunate. There's only I think eight of those streams, um, but uh, I don't know if it would even happen now because that was really a Terminator kind of thing. And I'm kind of 
You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of terminatored out <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been. But uh, and you know, and since we, you know, I guess always seem to kind of flow back into it at some point. Uh, but and that was the thing that, like, you know, women that I've ever dated, like, this is what I think one of the despised about me is like any conversation I have with any person at any time. I will find a way. I will will the conversation towards Terminator Two. I will find a way to do it. <laughs> At some point, it's gonna get. And then they, I, then they usually like you know furrow their brow, and then I know they're mad at me. But anyway, um, I another thing that I was kind of listening to. I mean, I don't know. I was gonna bring it up earlier, but it was it was an interview I heard with Tim Miller, and it was actually one of the few that I heard. Actually, the only one in Tim Miller that I uh, listened to that was post Dark Fate. Uh, running in theaters and not and underperforming, so this is like like reacting to you know it it kind of flopping, and he said that a lot of the things, um, a lot of the reasons why uh, you know first off a lot of people just didn't go people didn't like it but they didn't like what they thought it was going to be they didn't even go to see it but he said that the people that did go and see it the thing that they were mad about was that uh, the things that they were mad about in dark fate were things that he couldn't really control like you know he's like i can't i can't help that you felt betrayed by genesis or that you didn't love or you, you hated you know, terminator rise of the machines or whatever it's like i can't help that you know by that and i was like but that wasn't the case with us like it's i really like my heart like soared when I heard this was going to be a true sequel to Judgment Day. And I felt like, um, I don't know, I hate to, I mean, like, and I, I saw Deadpool and I love Deadpool. It just felt like the weirdest misfire. Like in the, the thing that I remember from the Hollywood Reporter interview with James Cameron and Tim Miller is that they said, you know, like, well, here's what we did upon studying one and two. So that stuck out in my mind that they would sit and like study they would sit and watch the Terminator <laughs> and they'd study the first one and then study the second one. And I was like, okay, so this is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic because they've done their research. They've studied pacing. They've studied action set pieces. They've studied, you know, this is what James Cameron did. Here's how we can. And I was like, this is going to be great. And it, <laughs> and uh, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. it just, uh, it, it didn't work, man. It, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think I think the biggest thing going against Dark Fate in hindsight now was that, uh, I, and I've seen this dropped a few times elsewhere, but uh, I think it was, what, 91? So what, we're, I think it was 20 years too late. It, uh, mm. you know what I mean? Like to try to, to be the sixth film in the franchise, but to try to be the third, to try to get rid of the entire stigma of three, four, five, Right. Uh, you know, Sarah Connor Chronicles for some people who don't like that show, like me. Never um, saw it. You know, or that, or that just never saw it, but knew it existed. Like this, this, there's been so many. Forget this. This is now the true thing. No, 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 no. Forget this. This <laughs> is now the true thing. No, 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 no. Forget this. There's too much forgetting. Remember that joke on. we said about that being the true thing? Well, this, it's. <laughs> I feel, and then and then you watch, and then you watch the Terminator. Then you watch Terminator Two again, and you see the, how Terminator Two ends. And you really don't need a follow up. You really no, don't. You really don't. Amen. Don't. Like amen to that. You do not need a follow up to it. Let it die there. That is the end of it. And then 
it's inevitable, but uh, you know, 20, 30 years from now, they'll really be out of ideas when it comes to writing new movies. So then go ahead, reboot it. But that's it. I mean, that, but like, that's really all you have going for it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is something that uh, I've come to terms with. Terminator is not that juicy of a story, like where you can really wring the shit out and get sequel upon sequel upon sequel of great content. It's it's, it's not one like or a Game two. of Thrones, Lord of the Rings type of deal. It's not a universe. I feel exactly. You can get one, or in this case, two masterpieces of content, and then you're going to be you're just going to be really ringing little droplets at that point. You're not going to get water out of this fucking rag. You're going to get little droplets and they're not going to be anywhere near what 1 and 2 were. And that's the and that's what Terminator is. You it's really not that juicy at the end of the remember, day. Do you remember like you did a you did a podcast where you answered my question about how to for how could they further the, the you know the Terminator the T one thousand like well, how technologically how do you leap past that and, I, and because and I talk out. about yeah you did I was like that son of a bitch uh, I uh, I was, it was yeah I was like let's not talk about the TX or let's not talk about um, uh, whatever he was in Genesis or John Connor was I don't remember what it was called uh, let's not talk about the T one million like let me like real because it was just like a giant liquid metal spider. Um, let's you know how do you technologically go past that? And I, you know, I listened to your episode, and I was like, it's true. Much and, and the thing is, much the way the Terminator and Terminator Two, like how do you advance past that? You you really can't at this point. There's nothing. There's no, they, they he he left everything on the table. Like it was. It's there's nothing more to say. And at the end, it's like a beautiful idea that there's you know Sarah Connor faces the future and hope and this machine learned the value of human life. It was a beautiful ending. And it was like, what more could you possibly want? And, um, and the weird thing is the strangest thing to me has to be like the critics that were, you know, well, it doesn't have the two James Cameron masterpieces, but I, you know, satisfyingly concludes the trilogy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it didn't satisfy anything. It was such a weird, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like the front of the uh, the front of the Blu-ray at the bottom, it says the Terminator movie we've been waiting for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like Tim Miller's gonna hear this, and then it's gonna be the end of me having a career in Hollywood. And you know, uh, and this is something else that I've been thinking of a lot lately, and uh, uh, just to see what you think about it. And if I was any director, so. Just, but we'll use Tim Miller because we're on the topic, right? So I'm Tim Miller, and uh, they approached me, and they were like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do the sixth Terminator film? Technically, it's going to be the third, but do you want to do that? Is that the next move you want to make? Because, yes, Deadpool is based off of an existing property, but that is essentially, you know what I mean? That's the first, that, like, that's the first time Deadpool was really given his own movie, so it's really not you know, a sequel or anything. It's, it's essentially for all intents and purposes. It's a, it's an original film. Um, you get to Terminator. If I was Tim Miller, I wouldn't like, I would not accept that job. I, I don't want to be my second film. I don't want that to be the, the sixth Terminator film. Like, I think you have to really, uh, you know, try and push past, and maybe that's all he's was offered at that, like at that point in his career, and he just took it because he didn't have any other offers. But a Terminator? 
No, Tim Miller. Like maybe that's the only thing he was offered. Oh, um, you're like are you talking about? Yeah, like me as a director, would I want to direct a movie that is the sixth, the seventh, the eighth of any friend? No, I would really want to try to me personally. Yeah, you know, like I, I really want to stand out as a director. I don't want to be known as the guy that directed Terminator Six. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 that's something that I love about uh, Cameron is really the only thing that he has in his uh, resume that that kind of applies to is Aliens. But that's a phenomenal film. Um, yeah, it is. You know, everything else is all it's all his shit. All of it is James Cameron and. He created it and he went off and ran with it. And like, do you feel the same way about that? Would like, would that be an approach that you would have as a director or no? Well, like, so with, with Tim Miller, like, and I kind of, you know, got as many bits and pieces of information as I could in the, you know, lead up to dark fate. And he said like, you know, I, he had options. Uh, he, I mean, like Deadpool did well and they're like, all right, well you have options. You can direct this, this, and this. And so he'd already kind of made up his mind uh, I know that Deadpool 2, there was like, you know, some conflict there, uh, but that he'd, he'd already made up his mind that he would talk to uh, David Ellison. And he's like, all right, we're, it's going to be Terminator just because he I think him and David Ellison talked and they had a lot of nerd love uh, for the same things. And one of the things that they uh, both loved was the Terminator franchise and David Ellison that uh, because of Genesis's poor performance he said that it wasn't and it wasn't the movie that i wanted it wasn't the terminator movie i wanted to make so you think we could actually make one so he had a passion for it so i kind of like you know respect the idea you know at least i did when he was like you know i want to do this because i love it so much me personally now to your to your question like would i want to jump on board like an already pre-existing saga of movies or start fresh with something like new like there's so many different like there's like not so many but there's different ways you can look at that like as being a director and trying to find work right like maybe this offer you you don't know if you're going to get another one anytime soon and this is like a well-paying one uh there's that aspect of it but then there's also the whole like you know there's maybe there's some integrity in like i want to you know i want to start fresh with my own story and not have to make terminator 7 or whatever um to me, the more attractive idea would be I would lean towards like my own film, my own film starting from scratch, my own storyline that I can tweak and I can, you know, build these characters and develop them how I want to. Uh, it's because, you know, you have a lot of limitations and like almost restrictions when you're working in a series, like especially like Terminator, because now you you have Sarah Connor and she has a specific like skill set. Trauma and you have to like you have to write to that. Whereas if you were making your own thing from scratch, you can you can say whatever the hell you want about any of the characters. Like you're starting them from from zero. Uh, so to me, I would rather I would rather start my own thing than be handed the keys to an already existing like franchise. And also on top of it, on top of that, like this, if especially if it's like a beloved franchise, then there's a lot of scrutiny that's going to be like just placed directly over everything that you're doing like look, let's look at jj abrams he was handed like two of the most precious sci-fi commodities like entities in existence he was given star wars and star trek he yeah. was given like the and uh you know uh he uh, did you see the rise of skywalker no i didn't so i liked it and the thing it, it was fine and it was um i, I liked it just fine and I, I will say of this new trilogy, it's probably my favorite one of the new trilogy. 
he receives a lot of heat because you know how do you wrap it up with all this pre-existing stuff and it was very polarizing um you know a lot of people loved it a lot of people felt betrayed by it they introduced new force abilities which you've never seen before and he said you know listen guys um to the people that loved it and supported it thank you and you guys are right for doing it for the people that critiqued it and it didn't resonate and you just didn't care for it and you hated it you guys are right too uh but you get that you get a lot of just a lot of scrutiny gets placed on it if it's something that it's already pre-existing because they're just going to compare it to like what we've been doing with like the Terminator and Terminator 2. You're just going to get a, a shit ton of assholes like us. They're just, they're just going to like rip you a new one because, you know, you didn't make the movie live up to, you know, their expectations. So to, and this is like the longest winded answer to your question. <laughs> I, uh, I, would, I would most definitely at this point, now that I've talked myself through it, uh, I, would, I would rather start my own film with my own characters and just like a new idea because it's just you can go anywhere like and 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 you don't you don't have the scrutiny of people that you know you know love the franchise and and are loyal to to something that you might you know in their eyes betray yep yeah that's the truth the truth man and uh it's just unfortunately harder to get your own shit going it's uh a lot easier to be handed those keys you know yeah, and it's it's interesting to me because it's interesting to me because it's so so much of the film nowadays is is franchises, and then every now and then you get like a. And it's not to say that things don't you know leap off the page, and all of a sudden you know you lo- you know like Joker, you know Joker is part of the you know superhero kind of Batman world, and and it was it was amazing. Or, or, or Logan, for that matter. Logan was a Marvel movie that I adored. Actually, my favorite Marvel movie, um, and I'm including Marvel and MCU, is uh, X-Men First Class. I think that movie was a goddamn masterpiece. I thought that uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, and it was brilliantly shot, and it was, it, you know, the performances were solid, and the, and the subject matter, and Kevin Bacon. I think it's, it's my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Um, but it is part of this franchise. But it, I mean, you, you get gems. Uh, but god damn, it'll be just hard for me to make something in a long line of the pre existing and be like, oh, I hope mine's good. Uh, because remember all those ones that were also good? It's like, well, here, here's, here's my take on it. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, dude, speaking of gems, have you seen Uncut Gems? I haven't. I've heard uh, people praising Adam Sandler's performance, but I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. No, like that's definitely where the praise goes. I mean, that's, uh, I think there was a review that, uh, I kept seeing on the, like the promos for it. It was, uh, I think the quote was a mythologically great performance from Adam Sandler. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Can you, like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine being Adam Sandler and waking up to that? A (laughs) a, A mythologically great. That's, I, um, Wow, I I mean I loved him in I loved him in Happy Gilmore and I loved him <laughs> in I did seriously I I, I love that movie and uh, Billy Madison Billy Madison um, Waterboy and you know it's like he it's so funny that uh, it's amazing to me that his career has kind of worked out the way it did because you know he was just, he was just known for being very funny and then you know. It's it's just kind of cool that he busts out a mythologically. I don't know what the wording was, but that's that kind of performance. Yeah, uh, and I mean it's uh, 
it's definitely a polarizing movie. I uh, I saw it with a buddy and uh, he loved it. And then I kind of left and I was a little, I was a little unsure. And it's something that I don't even know if someone like you were to say, what do you think about it? I don't think I would tell you because I feel like I got to see it again. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things because the movie is so, it's one of those kinds of movies. There's very few of these out there, but it's a movie that just never stops moving. And it's, it's a movie that has uh, either a score under it the entire time, or if the score goes away, that score is replaced by banging on doors or screaming people or, uh, you know, you know uh, uh, glass breaking or anything like that happens in this movie. It's just so like, don't watch it if you're feeling anxious that day. Because <laughs> your anxiety will go through the fucking roof, and that's part of the the whole point of the movie. Um, the, like the like like if you've seen the previews, like this guy is this is this uh this like kind of jewelry pawnbroker guy where he just like that's how he makes his living, like kind of selling jewelry and pawning shit, and and uh, it's just yeah, it never stops moving. It's just there's very little time to even gather your fucking thoughts and uh sounds like a great movie it 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 probably is honestly it probably is really great and i just need to see it again um but yeah like i don't know how on that first viewing my buddy loved it but he's just he loves adam sandler i mean i love adam sandler he's he's one of those like you were saying he his career is jesus you talk about peaks and valleys whoo yeah you got something like Punch Drunk Love, which is one of my favorite films of all time. And then you got something like Jack and Jill, which is <laughs> one of the biggest fuck yous to America. <laughs> Punch Drunk Love, I remember that one. It, I always thought it was so interesting, like how he would, he, like, it was his sister's a tease him, and then he'd freak out and like break something. <laughs> like, I was like, wait, what's, <laughs> is that a thing? Is that going to be like a recurring thing? Yeah, uh, I love that where he was, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with that movie, but there's that scene where he um, he's uh, at dinner with the love interest of the film. I think her, I don't like, I don't know the character's name, but I know the actress is uh, Emily Watson. I think is her name, mm. but uh, they're at the table and she says something that triggers him. And I think she even brings up the sisters. She's like, I didn't know you have uh, sisters. And Adam Sandler just does this beautiful little gesture where, like, leading up to her saying that, he's been talking about the whole uh, realizing that he can get, like, a thousand miles off of these puddings. The things. yoga, the yoga, pudding, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he, like, he is so focused on this and sharing this news with someone. And then she interjects with, I didn't know you have sisters or, or, or whatever. And he just, like, he just <laughs> makes this little... Like, he just gets so pissed. He's just like, Bleh. and then he goes in the bathroom and he, like, tears that bathroom up. <laughs> have you seen, uh, you, I'm assuming you have uh, anger management? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So the scene where he's at dinner with Jack Nicholson's character and then, like, he, he has him go over and hit on Heather Graham. Yeah. And then, like, she was <laughs> she this back down. He's like, all right, approach her again, but just repeat the following, you know. It's difficult for me to express myself when I'm on the verge of exploding in my pants. And like, so, <laughs> so I've never seen Adam Sandler took that when he walks over and he says all that verbatim. I have never seen like an actor make every 
move the right one. Like he every, was the the correct thing to do. Like it just his it, I can't sit through that without like pissing myself laughing. It's and it's all about like the subtleties of his performance, and it's just uh, it is amazing to me that he's he's done so well like comedically. And then to you know, and then at this point in his career, to uh, at this point you've kind of sold me on, sold me with I don't think you even meant to, uh, to on seeing uncut gems because you know it's kind of cool that now he can uh, we'll do something serious. I I in a, in a very kind of shortened version when I was doing theater in uh, in high school, I was the the two roles that I was cast in uh, it was like Shakespeare and like a British comedy. I was comedic relief both times. And I loved it, and I loved being able to go out and like make the audience laugh and then leave. But then at the end of the night, when like you know the casting, like at the end when you know the the cast comes out and takes a bow, uh, you know at the end of the night, my you know, I'd see the the main actors and everyone cheer super loud for them, and they they brought this really dramatic you know performance full of substance and nuance and all that. And I'm like, I I I, I want to do that actually. Like being you know being entertaining and being funny, that's fine. That's great. And it's something that I've always kind of felt I naturally lean into, just kind of instinctively, I guess. Uh, but I wanted to really just kind of hone ability just to to be dramatic and have have something important to say and to keep an audience engaged and captivated. The bottom line is to make them feel something. You know, like if you can make someone cry with your performance, like that's something worth doing to me. So I think it's really amazing that Adam Sandler has reached this, you know, kind of point where he's taking on roles where he's like super dramatic and and uh, ineffective. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, My answers you... are very long winded. Sorry. <laughs> no, dude, I love it. No, like I really, I, like I keep doing that. Um, if you want that, uh, I don't know. Uncut Gems is going to provide that kind of thing because it, it it's very different for Adam Sandler. But he's uh, there's like there's definitely uh, a Sandler quality to him. If you want something <laughs> where he is literally Adam Sandler kind of disappears, there's a movie uh, from 2007 called Rain Over Me, and it's a uh, it's a 9/11 movie and he plays a character who uh, his family uh, died in uh, the World Trade Centers and uh, this character that is like this loner and he just like is on the verge of giving up on life and then Don Cheadle is the co-star and uh, they form a friendship and it's all about the friendship and Adam Sandler, he will, he made me fucking weep in that film and I couldn't believe it. Like, put aside the fact that when you watch the movie, he has sort of goofy looking hair, like similar to wedding singer. Um, <laughs> but you can really get past that. It's not that bad. And he will make you fucking cry like a baby. So that's the movie. If you want something like that from Sam rain Lynn, over me, huh? Rain over me. So I'm taking away, um, uh, the, 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 the Jack, wait, Bo Jackman. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman, and you're taking away Rain Over Me. Uh, watch that before you watch Uncut Gems. Like that's the one I think is the stronger of the two performances. Well, I am actually writing that down right now to watch it. So there you go. I'm one of those people that I try to, you know. And it's uh, Rain R E I G N. Thank you for clarifying. I, I kind yeah. of figured, but I was like, you never know. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, you and you'll um. 
Yeah, it's, it, Horseman. I, I I don't tell you that because like I hate you and I want to suck up your time with something shitty. I you will thank me and you will like you won't believe. You will be kind of stunned at like at how the show evolves and uh, and very quickly, very quickly into it. And it's also funny. It's really really funny. And uh, the the idea being that uh, you know he's a uh, he was in a '90s uh, TV show called Horsing Around, where he was this young bachelor horse, and he <laughs> ends up ado- he ends up taking uh, these three orphaned children, and they end up becoming this family unit. And he the show ran for a long time, and he ends up you know being famous, and he has like a mansion out in LA, and uh, the show gets canceled, and so he's just kind of been living off of that. And it kind of disappeared from public life. And then it's kind of enough time goes by where it's horsing around. It's kind of regarded as kind of a piece of shit. And, uh, and so he is trying to find his way back into the limelight, but uh, you, you kind of see his damage and how he's, he does these terrible things and he's not someone that you can count on, but then he, he shows these glimmers of like a good person deep down in there and you ultimately, it's like just this protagonist that's so multifaceted and so flawed and so broken, yet you are com- you are just compelled to root for him. And it, uh, yeah, I think you'll love it. Ah, I, dude, I trust me when I say it's going in the fucking list, especially because for the longest time I never had Netflix. And uh, I think I've talked about this to another person on the pod, like I, I, I honestly find the Netflix sharing thing, and I pr- uh, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that Netflix is really cracking down on that shit. But like, it blows my mind that you can just give your password to someone, and they have instant access to it, and they don't have to pay a fucking thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it really blows my mind. What uh, What blows my mind is that you can just easily, you know just go you know out into the bushes outside someone's house and watch through their window. It's I mean like the things that you can do. <laughs> it's it's just you know <laughs> I don't really do that by the way for anyone listening. Yeah, uh, uh, I was gonna say, are, are you speaking from experience? <laughs> no, no, no. Like 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 two times I ever did that. That was for uh, both of those times were for roles. You were yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It was a <laughs> yeah, I was uh, playing the role of a creep, and I wanted to get. <laughs> Dude, all right, so. Uh talk to me because we really haven't talked a whole lot about like literally just you. We've talked a lot about, uh, about film. And I love that. Like, I love that. It, it it's essentially a film episode, like, cause I don't have a whole lot of those, but, um, what, like what's going on exactly in your life? Because the last time we talked, you were really, really trying to pursue the acting thing. And then in the subsequent time, since we last talked, like we'll message each other, um, online and uh you're like doing the bartending stuff here now yes and it seems like that's really where your focus is it's i mean it's been uh so and and i'll and i'll kind of speak in generally to some uh, you know so i came down here uh uh, with a partner and and uh, we had these plans to kind of you know try to make it here and uh things unfortunately didn't work out between us uh so i ended up uh new place to live so that's been my my turbulence and that's been kind of the you know me trying to stabilize i've got a new place to live which is actually and, and truth be told I, it's a nice place i'm actually quite lucky uh, i've got cool roommates have an amazing land i i, I kind of lucked out as far as like living situation goes uh but uh the thing that people have kind of 
you know been surprised by is that I work with these really cool guys at this hotel. It's like a it's a very like an intimate kind of hotel where you know it's it's not it's not massive it's not mammoth by any means but uh but it's very nice it's very clean people you know it's uh the the owners take very good care of it and they you know they they allow me just like yeah right you can have full-time hours and you can you know just as my where i work is pretty dead actually like i'll get people every now and then weather permitting but it's been cold in la for like the past month like cold and kind of windy and generally just kind of shitty so people haven't been coming out but my bosses are really cool about me just taking on full-time hours uh which i did not know but here and that's kind of uncommon a lot of people fight tooth and nail to get like you know a position at this at, at any job so basically i hear that people juggle maybe two or three separate jobs just to make ends meet so for me to have full-time hours in one position really really lucky to have that too so it um so i've been doing the bartending thing i come home and uh really i'm just trying to i'm trying to uh, get a foothold and and get a sense of um, normalcy which i haven't had in in a while so so i haven't so truth be told the acting thing took it, it i'm on a brief hiatus i have allotted myself an amount of time to um you know work out what I need to work out mentally and then I'm going to, to go after it and tackle it and get an agent and get a manager and then hopefully you'll see me giving mythological performances and you'll see me, you know, you'll see me, you know, you know, I'll, I'll direct it, you know, it's like next thing you know, they'll hand me the keys to a Terminator movie and it'll be, it'll be like the worst one of them all. It'll be just a, just a rotten pile of shit that I throw at the screen. Uh, so but no, dude, like, honestly, like, when I found out that, because, um, like, for everybody listening, uh, Ami and I, we've never met in, like, real life, like, with, like face-to-face. But... Yeah, the closest, the closest was the one time I was outside in the bushes watching his Netflix. Uh, <laughs> he was one of the two times I was We've never really met, but where I was going with that is it doesn't matter. Like, I feel as though... I have met Ami and yeah. um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know how I found out, like, were you posting about the breakup? Cause I feel as though I, I, I found out that way. I, I, the only post that I did was like, and I held off for a long time until like, I needed to find a new place and I posted, Hey, I need to find a new place. And that was really it. I did. Oh, okay. uh, I think uh, you messaged me. I think you messaged me and said, "Hey, what, hey, buddy, like just checking in. How's life?" And then I kind of, oh my god, I kind of unloaded, <laughs> <laughs> and then and that was it, really. And uh, and honestly, honestly, um, it was much the reason why I would say most relationships don't work. You know, it's we were just different people, and um. You know, it's it's just kind of it is what it is, and to be really honest, uh, it's 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 for the better. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's for the best that it worked out the way it did. That's what I, like that's where I was going with it because I feel as though uh, this was in 2019, technically, right? Yeah. Okay, so in 2019, you and I both lost someone that we really were uh, madly in love with, right? Like like you were in love with this girl. Yeah, I mean, I moved down here, and yeah, all that. 
like that was me, man. Like I was in love with a, like a girl and I lost her in 2019, but yes, I posted about that. Yeah. Like I, I look back on it and what you just said is so true. So it's, yeah. it's really for uh, anybody listening that might be going through something similar to that. I mean, we're not, you know, uh, we're just guys and, but we're here to say that, you know, it, it typically will, work itself out to where you look back on it and you're just thinking, damn, like that really was for the best. Like that person, that person came into my life, changed me. However I changed, hopefully for the better, like you might've taken a trade or two from that person and now you're going to carry it on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that's the way the shit works. Uh, and my, well, sorry to cut you off again, but my, you're good. My friend, um, I have a good friend that kind of, he has a very unique perspective and interesting way of looking at the world. And he uh, is one of the smartest guys I know. And he told me that in the realm of dating and all that, really people are like, it's about finding what you what you want. And it, he's like, well, it's kind of like you meet these people and then you, it's kind of about you, you finding out what you don't want. You kind of whittle away the things that you, you realize, oh, this partner did this. And next time I want a partner that doesn't do that. And I mean, it's, it really all depends on how you look at it. But I've gone through the broken, the broke, broken heart breakup thing enough times to know that it's, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll, everything, you know, it time heals all wounds and there's, you know, it's cliche, but obviously cliche for a reason. It, uh, you know, yeah, it's, but at this point, I feel like, you know, I've made, like, remarkable just kind of process with it, or, I mean, not process, progress with it, uh, because I kind of, once you kind of understand, once you just understand, and, and the thing is, when right out of it, you're too, like, blind, and you're your whole universe, the bottom's falling out of your world and everything's topsy-turvy, you don't have a good mindset to, to understand, like, how, how, you know, it's actually a good thing that's happened. Uh, by that same, that same friend of mine told me that, uh, you know, people will tell him, oh, me and so-and-so broke up. And he's like, the thing that I want to say gets frowned upon. I want to say, congratulations. <laughs> but people don't, like, they don't want, they want, they want, you know, you to sympathy. commiserate with them yeah sympathy and yeah they want to be consoled and well but yeah I, mean, I, I, I didn't talk to you too much about your thing but i know that you posted about it but i didn't talk to you too much about that yeah I, look i mean it uh what you know exactly what you said applies to me where i've been through this a few times and uh i uh i did my in the past i did my dude the, like the lowest point for me was uh when one of my exes broke up with me i I literally, and I had never done this prior. This was when I was living at home still. I literally, uh, when she hung up the phone and ended it, uh, I was here in Florida still, and she was in New York. And when that happened and she hung up and I didn't know what to do, I was just in my room by myself and she ended a four plus year relationship. And yeah, I, I literally walked out the door. My, my mom was like standing like watching TV, like she had just gotten up off the sofa or whatever. And I literally just cried into her shoulders. I had never, ever, uh-huh. like seriously, I had never done that ever in my entire life, let alone maybe even hugged my, like, uh, like of course I hugged my mom, but it's, it's, it's very rare. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. 
that was just, that was the bottom of the barrel for me where I just wept into her fucking shoulders trying to catch my breath because I was just, you know, oh, like <laughs> that, yeah. that kind of crying. And so it, it really does. You have to hit the bottom of the barrel so that when the next thing rolls around, like this one where she told me she was leaving and I was like, look, you know this, I've been here before. I told you that I was never, ever going to get to that level again, where I cry into my mom's shoulders or cry into a fucking pillow or I, I punch a wall. If you want to leave, I will help you pack. And wow. yeah. And I did, I helped her pack. And I don't think you know, there's anything wrong with, you know, if you ever cried again, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it helps and it's, uh, alleviates you know, stress. And I, I don't know. I, I see that I've, I've spent enough nights crying myself to sleep you know, over things like that. Uh, it, it, it does make, I mean, it's grief and it's, it's agony at the time, but then it's like, you're kind of extracting a, a poison out of you and then you, you do feel better afterwards. It's, I see nothing wrong with, you know, I mean, it, you, you process things and do things your own way. I'm not telling you how to live your life, but, uh, but it's, it's weird because this last instance I, I didn't really. And, um, and I feel like it's, I don't want to say that I've like cried all the tears I'm going to ever cry, but it's kind of like that. It's like, it's kind of like, eh, well, that's, uh, and, and, the, and the thing is it, um, I feel like, especially specifically where I am here in LA, I think it's, it's really for the best because then now I, I can go out in, in social settings and I don't want to like, you know, make that, make it seem like, Oh, I can go out and flirt and talk to whoever I want. Now it's not that, but uh, you know, I feel like whenever you're with somebody, what like a common trend in relationships that I've ever seen is that you kind of stop being, you know, it's not really two individuals anymore. You're this unit that goes out. And now with have to engage with this unit and and oftentimes like you know the the you the friend you know if the one person that you know in this unit is a little more subdued because their their inhibitor is standing right next to them uh so it's kind of nice to be able to not have that uh restraint. oh that is and, so true dude so yeah true. you can yeah you can just be yourself and i can talk about terminator 2 as <laughs> it's in i've just been kind of uh counting my blessings as of late uh the the one thing that i remember there was a, a long long time ago uh there was a breakup and i was really just really uh just destroyed over it i was super sad standing there working at blockbuster just to give you an idea of how long ago it was wow uh, and uh and I was super torn up about it. And I just was like in panic mode. And every time the door opened and a customer came in, I would like look over to see if it was her and she was going to take me back and all that stuff. Uh, my friend's dad came in, uh, John, super cool guy. Like just like the, you know, he's one of those that'll just, you know, he's one of the guys, you know, and you can tell him anything. And he's, you know, one of the, one of those shirt, off, you know, he'll give you the shirt off his back and just, he'll, you know, anyway, he came up to me and he saw that I was, you know, very, uh, I looked very down. He's like, what's going on, brother? And I was like, oh, you know, so-and-so broke it off with me. And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, oh, wow. He's like, that's just the end of the world, isn't it? He's like, well, you know what they say. Nick. <laughs> that's it. And I started laughing. And it was the first instance of me laughing. And, uh, 
and it was really true. It's just, uh, I, I, you know, I've come across a lot of people that have their varying views on on relationships, and there are some people out there that believe in a a consciousness altering, never ending, soul entwining love. So these two entities become this one thing and it's you know it's beautiful and it's and it's everlasting and it's and no one's going to change their mind no that that is how it goes um and i used to think that but i really feel like it's it's basically like um you know kind of like a dance floor and then you find a partner and you, you dance with them as long as that song lasts and if another song comes on you want to dance with them again you can but when it's time to stop dancing or maybe find a different dance partner then you go and do that and that's okay. <laughs> I like that. That's a good analogy. I, I love analogies. Analogies are uh, are one of the spices of life because then you can uh, you can really kind of compartmentalize your problems and go. <laughs> and you can go, compartmentalize your problems, and sometimes it's sometimes the reason why you can't make peace with it is the solution hasn't been presented in a way that you can easily absorb. Like uh, you can't digest it until someone phrases it in a certain way that really speaks to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So, but, so yeah, uh, so here I so 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 that happened and you and I both are were going through that. And I wanted to reach out, but and I think uh I I think you and I talked chatted every now and then, but you like, you know, you've been busy and I get it. So, uh, you know, and that's fine. But uh, I did I did notice that. I did want to you know, cuz all, you know, we're, we're people, you know, uh, guys talk about that stuff too. Uh, talk sure. about, you know, Gershom and I will will shoot the shit about you know that aspect of our lives as well. And uh, so it's been living in LA now, and uh, got two roommates and nice apartment and great landlady. And uh, I, you know, I was so grateful that uh, she signed, you know, she approved me, and you know had me sign a lease that I like got her a giant bottle of vodka as a thank you. And it was, like, it was uh, just didn't need to, but it was just, I was so grateful. And it's the, the biggest challenge when I, you know, was coming down here is the, the anticipation of coming down here. Like with all things, you know, like the anticipation of the thing is worse. I mean, tends to be worse than the thing itself. Uh, so I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, it's LA, it's Los Angeles. They only take the best. That is not at all anybody they'll take any piece of crap or just any they'll take anybody uh you can you can make it work and uh for the most part i found a way to make it work and so it's kind of been eye-opening in that wow if i can do this thing that i was so insurmountable and so just you know how am i going to do this and i'm here doing it so it makes it seem like other things that seem insurmountable are very doable like you know getting an agent getting a role on a tv show getting a you know who's that saying is a quote from somebody it was um it always seems impossible until it's done well there i don't know who said that but <laughs> yeah i forgot was it nelson, nelson mandela yeah yeah well, maybe uh obama somebody. maybe <laughs> Somebody, I'm gonna feel, yeah. It's, anyway, it's so it's been it's sad. Uh, I'm I'm sad because I am about a thousand miles away from my home and my friends in in Portland and in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, I just actually recently went. I flew up and saw them uh, for about five for five days, 
and it was amazing you know everything you know the more things change the more they stay the same it was like uh the the homes i went to like looked like not a thing had changed and all the people were still there the love and uh they just welcomed me back with open arms and uh the 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 hugs i got were extra extra tight almost in a very you know we don't want you to leave and it was very sweet it was very leaving uh it was very bittersweet and i remember there was a dear friend of mine and she uh you know i, I spent a lot of trip with her and uh we and it was great we got to catch just you know and just her and I could talk about anything and everything, and I really do adore her. And uh, but the, the time I was, my cousin picked me up and dropped me off at the airport, and I was getting on the plane. But the time I was like seated, she that friend had texted me and said, "I miss you already," and I hadn't even taken off from PDX at that point, which was it was just really it got to me. Yeah. It, well, is this the was this the one that you're talking about that? Uh... With Terminator Two, that uh, uh, no. I, uh, that was different friends. Uh, uh, I did see her very briefly. The the one that I actually got to show Terminator Two. God, that was a you only get one of those. And I remember she told me because she loved, and it's it's the thing that I absolutely love is that she she wants to watch that movie like as much as like we do. Like it's it's in and so. I love the fact that I was able to like show her this, give her this experience of this this masterpiece of a movie, and then she took it and really appreciate it. Uh, she told me that she was living with her roommate, and like she saw like she had a term- she had like you know like a uh, a case with DVDs on them, and she's like she saw the she saw Terminator, and she's like oh wow, and she put it in. I think it was like Salvation. She was like what the hell is this? This is not <laughs> the movie that Ami and I watched. And I was like oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's Sidex with Terminator Two Judgment Day. That's the name of it. So. Huh. Uh, yeah, so it uh, it wasn't that friend. I, I did see her uh, briefly, but I, I did get to, uh, my first stop when I got home was I got to see my mom, which was really nice because it's just something about uh, my mom's amazing. I love her, and she's she's so kind and she's so giving and she's so um, you know she you know and she was she provided for me so much when I was a child and you know she we never wanted we, you know for anything like they they always gave us things we really asked for and they worked hard for it uh but yeah i went and saw her and it was you know and it was i don't know i get all choked up on you but like she still had christmas gifts because i didn't make it i wasn't in town for christmas so she had all these christmas gifts that she gave to me and she fed me and did all the mom stuff and i yeah it was uh and there's just something about there's just something about hugging like your mom like there's there's nothing quite like a hug from your mom you can have a million hugs from a million different people. You can have hugs from different mothers, but there's just some intangible thing about when it's your mom. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what it is. It's that, it's that, oh man, I've, this is where it all started. It all started right here, man. Like just <laughs> Jesus Christ, come here, mom. And yeah, like I, I dude, I, I fucking get it, man. Like I don't really do it a whole lot. And I always, it's one of those things where you'll be uh, you'll just be thinking just to yourself and you'll just be by yourself. You'll just be thinking like, why don't I ever just, why don't I just tell them, you know, how much I love them? Like why, like, like, like why, what the fuck? Why is, where does this wall come up? Like, I don't know about you. Like I'm just talking about me in particular. Like I love my parents to death. Um, 
And it's weird because I know I love them. And, but it's like when I get around them, I don't know what it is. Like, it's not a problem. It's just, I get quiet for some reason. And it's harder for me to talk around my parents than it is for me to talk to you. Um, no, I get that. It's weird. And it's just like, I always like, I find myself more and more thinking, Eddie, dude, some point in your lifetime, if it goes according to plan, they're not going to be here anymore. Like they're going to cease to exist. Right. And, and you're still going to exist. So what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, instead of just saying, Hey, I'm going to go do this tonight. Fucking spend a night with your parents, you know, give them some time of your life because it's just like, you, you always have to remind yourself of that, that, if it goes according to plan, they're going to go first and you're going to be by, like here without them. And well, more than likely, you're going to miss them. <laughs> to that point, um, that's what happened uh, to me. Uh, my father passed away some years back. And so that, uh, so any weirdness or distance that I had with my mom, it instantly, it, it turns into, well, when mortality is kind of flung in your face like that, and then the other strange aspect is that you're the next in line. I mean, I, you know, it's, there's no like list in order of people going, but you know, uh, so I, I realized that, uh, life is, uh, life is short and it was evidenced by my father not being here anymore. So it's like, well, then I'm going to tell my mom, like I'll message her on Facebook and tell her I love her. And sometimes we'll have a phone call. Um, yeah, I, I can't afford not to at this point because I've already, you know, I, I, I'm down to one. Yeah. Oh man, that's I didn't know that. I thought uh, I thought you had both parents, man. Well, it's not really like a it's not really like a like a party favorite topic that I go to, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah but man. I, mean, I mean, it's like I don't even like I'm not a person that you can't talk about that kind of stuff with because that's just life. That's just what happens. We to we live. We to enter this world means we have to leave it, and you know, with everything that can go wrong, like with like de early developmental stages and and you know, cell division and mitosis and meiosis and all that crazy stuff, you know, it's like the fact that we're healthy, like we're all kind of walking miracles, and we should be grateful for that. And uh, and to to the to the union of the people that like you know, get, made this wonderful life possible for you, then it's like, I, uh, I, you know, definitely try to show my respect, especially to my mom, because, you know, there's, there, like, and I don't know, I keep going off about moms, but there's something, there's just that connection that you, that a mom and a, and a child shares that, uh, it's, it's unlike anything else. And, um, and I'm, and I, and I feel, I feel blessed and lucky that my mom is so amazing. Well, there you go. Shout out to Mama Prasad. Yeah. Um, there you go, mom. <laughs> that's that's your Christmas gift. <laughs> um, well, look, dude, I uh, I really really liked that we got to do this. Yeah, um, me too. And uh, just just so you know, you like are always welcome to to come back on here. And if you don't even want to do it on quote unquote the podcast as a recording, if you just want to talk vice versa if i just want to talk i feel like i can just reach out to you and Absolutely we'll have private not. phone calls and they like they don't have to be recorded it doesn't have to be for uh and they never purposes. told them. 
Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they never talked until the next recording. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> When's the uh, you back for the Terminator Seven audio commentary? Can't wait. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, it was a blast. Thank you for having me. Uh, I hope. I really hope that you can edit that popcorn sound out the best you can. I, technology. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I can, if, but, but if I can't, I'm just going to preface the, the episode with, uh, you know, just so you know, like there were some technical glitches, but it, it, I mean, if it sounds the way it sounds in my ears right now, it's, it's definitely something that won't play a, a huge factor in, uh, people listening to this and, and, uh, getting something out of it. As long as you can hear us and as long as you can make out what we're saying. Um, yeah, if we overcame that, then I feel like that's an, an achievement in itself. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for. I mean, if you're listening to this, that's really great, and thank you for supporting Eddie. Eddie's a great guy, and he, you know, makes amazing content, and he uh, he's got great taste in movies. And uh, I feel like I'm like pitching you like Tinder or something. I feel like I'm like, hey, ladies, <laughs> here, here he is. Sorry, uh, but anyway, in all, in all seriousness, now. Uh, thank you, and uh, it's it's been. I consider you a friend, and uh, just honored to to be on. Likewise, man. You are, uh, yeah. You're definitely climbing the ranks, and we got to get a uh, we got to get a a meetup one of these days. Whether you come to Florida or I go to California, go to California, um, yeah, absolutely. It's been difficult, man. It's been difficult knocking the people off your list. You have no idea. Like I had to bust some kneecaps and break some, or uh, cut some brake linings and, and cars and stuff. It's been. Uh, I had to. I had to put some work in. <laughs> I feel it, man. I, I feel it. It's a struggle. For, it's a struggle. It and then it's like I don't know how he's taking me seriously at this point. But no, nah, dude, uh, I got your sense of humor. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. All right, Ami. I will uh, definitely keep in touch, and uh, definitely hope you keep in touch, man. I will, man. All right. Have a good night. Yeah, you too, man.